Hi, true crime fans. You're tuning into Coffee, Murder, and Mystery, a true crime podcast where we discuss murder, mystery, and the supernatural. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Happy Wednesday, everyone, or whatever day you're listening to this thereafter. I'm Melissa. I'm Jeff. So before we go into our story today, me and Jeff thought we would share something that we saw in the news, you know, if you didn't see it too. A man named David Dwayne Anderson was arrested last month in Nebraska. Investigators had traveled to Nebraska and collected two bags of his garbage. They took his DNA off of a vanilla Coke can and used it to match his DNA to the crime scene of Sylvia Quayle. She was murdered in 1981. So 40 years. 40 years and they just took his garbage and matched his DNA. And oddly enough, I came across this when Melissa and I were talking about the Coke scandal of the Be Less White campaign. And I was looking it up to tell her what it was all about. And this popped up on Google for me. Right. So it was just, um, it just came out a few days ago and he was arrested last month because of DNA. Go DNA. So today we're here to tell you the story of Janelle Potter. This is definitely a story that involves like a lot of drama, like a lot of social media drama. So I hope that it's not confusing at some points. It's a roller coaster, a drama roller coaster. Definitely. Even though Janelle Potter was a grown woman of 34, she lived a strict life in her parents' home. Janelle's mother, Barbara, an employee at Hewlett Packard, and Janelle's father, Marvin, also known as Buddy, a Vietnam veteran who, according to Janelle's mother, was working at times for the CIA. Yeah, take note of that. They took care of Janelle daily. It's claimed that this was due to Janelle's health problems, but the only health problems I seen mentioned anywhere were type 1 diabetes and a learning disability. And I'm not trying to downplay type 1 diabetes or learning disabilities, but I just feel like there's many people living normal, independent adult lives that have these issues. I think she also had a severe case of homeliness. When I look into the Janelle Potter story, the impression that I get is she is not living a normal, independent adult life at all. It was also said that Janelle had trouble making friends. I wonder why. And this was even more true after moving to Mountain City, Tennessee in 2005. According to Janelle, Mountain City is a place where outsiders are not welcome. But, you know, on a side note, like, I feel like even if you're, you know, not welcome and you're an outsider, after so long, you stop being an outsider, right? And people warm up to you. Yeah, I think the bigger problem here is that she was an insider, as in she was stuck in her own house, like, 24-7. Right. How do you make friends that way? Janelle did not have a job or drive a car. I mean, she was really dependent on her parents. And I think that's... That, that seems like it's more their doing than hers. I mean, I guess she could try to leave the nest eventually, but I feel like they really kind of held her down. I don't know, because I feel like she liked it that way. Really? Yeah. I mean, the parents obviously must have liked it, too, because would you want one of your kids living with you until they were 34? No. 
24? <laughs> like, no, I'm yeah. happy that my older two have moved out at 18 and 19. Yeah, that's when I left home. I mean... I mean, I love them dearly, and if they needed to move back, I would let them, but... <laughs> On a limited term basis. <laughs> yeah. Janelle also had a sister. Christy Grover had been estranged from the family since 1999. And even though she resided in Mountain City as well, the family had tried to repair the relationship multiple times, but unfortunately, Christy and the family just could not get along. Do you think that's why they moved there? So there's actually just like... A strange thing where like she did move there first and then they did kind of follow so they might have been kind of fo- it definitely sounds like they were following her janelle was not allowed and let me just say this again at the age of 34 by her parents rules to date janelle's seemingly overprotective parents monitored her internet activity and even monitored the activity on her facebook so when Janelle started getting cyberbullied, her parents were really concerned, to say the least. So when you say monitored, does that mean that they like would log in as her and look to see what was going on? I that is totally the impression that I get that they looked at everything she did, like I messages mean, and hmm. at least that they could think of on the internet. Jesus, Janelle, who moved to Mountain City at the age of twenty-four, seemed to be lonely. Casey Greenwell worked at the pharmacy in the local grocery store that Janelle had filled a few prescriptions at, and she took pity on Janelle and befriended her. Janelle even secretly started dating Tracy's cousin Jamie. And at the age of 34, Janelle had to keep this relationship a secret from her parents. Even though Janelle... Okay, hang on a second. How do you date someone if... <laughs> I guess she only called him at like off hours. Like sometimes they would talk all night, like while her parents were sleeping. Right, she doesn't drive. She does. It sounds like she never leaves the house. How do you date in, in in that regard? So she did actually when she became friends with Tracy, start leaving the house. Um, I think it was just kind of like monitored by her parents. I think Tracy even had to come in and meet her parents oh, before boy. she was able to go with her. Yikes. And they did start, like, hanging out a little bit. I mean, and like a teenager would do. Yeah, right. I was going to say, she's about 20 years behind. Right. She secretly met other people while she was out of the house. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with uh, Tracy. And right. then she snuck away to the boyfriend. Right. Even though Janelle was in a relationship with Tracy's cousin Jamie, everyone seemed to be under the impression that Janelle was really pining for Tracy's brother, Bill Payne. But Bill Payne was actually already taken. Bill Payne was in a very serious relationship with a woman named Billy Jean Hayworth. Bill and Billy. Bill and Billy. So just so we can keep that straight. That could get a little confusing. Yes. Although Janelle's social life was starting to flourish, the drama came along with it and heavy. Janelle was receiving not just negative Facebook messages, but harassing Facebook messages. Her and her parents didn't know what to do or what to think. Finally, Janelle came to the conclusion that Billie Jean Hayworth was behind these messages. So Billie thought that Janelle was trying to move in on her man? Yeah, so, she, so that's what the message is worth? She was like, hey, back it up? I mean, that's not really what was in the messages. and So nothing personally identifiable? Right. Was it from like some sort of like ghost account or something? Like a 
Like so an anonymous type person? I'll get into that. I mean, it it does seem there's a little bit. Of, I'm a little bit confused about how people were sending these messages anonymously, but they were like anonymous, right? Or from someone that was not a friend. You mean anonymous? No, like I I think that they had like no idea, like like just a made up fake account, like a fake account. But we'll go into a little more. Like there was an actual like website too that this town was like involved in, but. So Jamie Curd, Janelle's boyfriend, was handy with computers, and he would on occasion come over the house to help with the family's computer. But even though Janelle was, as we said before, 34, they had to pretend like they were only friends. After some time, Janelle's parents did kind of catch on, and they were so protective that Janelle's father called Jamie and basically said she didn't love him to stay away from her and even put Janelle on the phone. And Janelle repeated this to Jamie. But she did call him a few days later when things calmed down and said, you know, that that really wasn't the case. My dad made me do that. And I do want our secret relationship to continue. What the hell? I mean, was so was there even any reasoning behind that? or? <laughs> Like, because I don't like had, him because he has a tattoo or, like, something, anything. I think just because she had type 1 diabetes and a learning disability and needed to be cared for, I'm not really sure. It seems so, so strange. And the harassing messages that Janelle was receiving were definitely upsetting. This anonymous person would tell Janelle things like that she was a bad person, you know, that they hated her. And the threats even mentioned rape. By this time, Janelle, Billie Jean Hayworth, and Billy had unfriended each other. They had all unfriended each other on Facebook. And this had turned into something definitely bigger than just he said, she said. It was a, it was an all-out feud. I mean, it gets serious when people start getting unfriended, right? Because then you can't even, like, argue on Facebook. Right. Bill and Billie Jean's relationship had progressed, and they were living together. Billy Jean does get pregnant during the story and have his baby and they become a small family. According to Janelle, the reason Billy Jean Hayworth was sending these harassing anonymous messages to Janelle was because she was jealous of Janelle's appearance. That's I find that highly unlikely. In the younger pictures of Janelle, she is an attractive girl. Um you probably saw the older pictures of her where she's, I mean, she's older. She's not so. But I also looked up, like, pictures of Billie Jean Hayworth, and she was beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I saw one of her, and I don't I don't think she would be jealous of the other one. Yeah, I don't think she was jealous of anyone. I mean, she, she was a very, very beautiful woman. But Janelle stated that Billie Jean Hayworth was scared to lose her boyfriend, the now father of her child, to Janelle. At one point, there was a rock that was found in Janelle's front yard, and the rock had the name Billie Jean and Billy Payne written on it. That's some criminal mastermind right there. Well, and the police were involved in this. I, I don't know. I didn't really see, like, what was done with the rock because, I mean, like, police took pictures of the rock. Um, like, I don't know if there was some... It was hypothesized that the rock was, like, thrown at the house or somebody was trying to break a window or... I mean, because it's definitely not illegal to have a rock with writing on it in a front yard. So I was kind of confused about that whole thing. But. Yeah, you're being brought up on rock defacing charges. Right. And littering of your rock in someone's yard. 
But instead of feuding adults going their separate ways and going on with their lives, this story takes a turn on January 31st, 2012, when Billie Jean Hayworth and Billy Payne are found murdered in their home. Both parties had a single gunshot wound to the head, and Bill Payne's throat had been slashed. His body was still laying in bed where I'm assuming he was relaxing, while Billy Jean's body was still lying next to their seven-month-old baby that she was cradling when she was shot. Luckily, the baby was left unharmed. So, the part about the slashing of the throat and the shooting in the head seems a little unnecessary, right? I, it does. I, I totally thought that. Um, also, what kind of monster shoots a woman holding a seven-month-old baby? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I guess the same kind that shoots someone in the head and then slashes their throat. Right. Jesus. Police immediately went to speak with Janelle and her mother because everyone was aware of the feud between them all. Police took note during the interview that Janelle was still trying to hide her relationship with Jamie from her parents. Police brought Jamie in for an interview as well, and he was administered a polygraph test, which indicated that he was lying when he asked if he knew the identity of Billie Jean and Bill Payne's killers. Oh, dun dun dun. I know, suspect, right? Police also noted that during his interview, Jamie asked if the CIA was present. <laughs> Strange, right? It was probably a bit suspicious as well when police found that Janelle had previously stated that she wished, and this is a quote, Bill, Billy Jean, and that damn baby would die on social media. That's a good place to put that. On social media? Yeah. Right, just so everybody can see it. <laughs> right, like, hey, if anybody wants some evidence... Finally, Jamie admitted to police that he had been in communication by text message with a man who claimed to be a CIA agent named Chris. Chris had told Jamie that it was his job to protect Janelle at all cost. Janelle would claim to people, Jamie being one, that she had grown up with Chris and that he had houses in both Tennessee and Pennsylvania and he was living between them both. And she was in continuous pretty much contact with him and being the CIA agent, he was protecting her. Does the CIA do that a lot? Do they just protect random citizens? <laughs> I don't think that sounds correct. Right. And I'm assuming that maybe like her reasoning that she was able to convince them of this was probably because of the claims that her dad worked at the CIA. And who's she trying to convince of this? I think just everyone. So this is like, she, this doesn't come up until she's brought in after these two are dead, right? To the police, yes. But to like her family and friends, they knew about CIA Chris. After six hours of interrogation, Jamie finally admitted to police that Janelle's overprotective father, Marvin, had been responsible for the mur murders. Wow. Police had Jamie call Janelle's father, Marvin, to get a tape-recorded confession, but once he was arrested, Marvin would not confess to police. He just kept talking about the threats against Janelle and his family. At one point, going as far to say that the harassers even threatened to cut off Janelle's head. When police conducted a search of the home, they took multiple items, 51 including the family's computer. They found messages from supposed CIA operative Chris. He had been warning Janelle's mother, Barbara. He told her action needed to be taken how is he warning her like through what medium um 
Like email and text messages. Text messages too? Yes. CIA Chris is sending text messages. He is. He insinuated that Janelle's safety was in question and that Billy, Jean, and Bill were a threat to her. So they were convinced that they were the perpetrators of these messages, these threatening messages. Right. And like CIA Chris, yes, that that they were behind the threatening messages. He even um, he even let them know that he was watching them and watching, you know, their friends as well. He had them under 24-hour surveillance. But the problem with this was that all the messages from CIA Chris came from the same IP address, the Potter Home IP address. Okay, I mean, just so, just for some clarification, though, on that, an IP address cannot identify a person. That's been, like, a ruling, you know, in courts that just because the IP address came from your home, it does not necessarily mean it came from you. Jeff is a tech guy, just so we all know. <laughs> it's true, though. It's- and and I do think that they they go on later to determine who was sending these messages based upon, like, the content of the messages and, like, the wording. Like, they analyzed them. They didn't just use the IP address. So CIA Chris also did not have his own email address. And he would email people from Janelle's email address. Yeah, okay. So if someone from the C claims to be from the CIA that's emailing me and they're not coming from at CIA.gov, then you can go kick rocks. (laughs) Right. So he would... Use Janelle's email address, which was like bull2dog at AOL.com. And like the way Jamie would know if it was CIA Chris or if it was Janelle, you know, because, you know, they would both email (laughs) from this email address would be like, you know, CIA Chris would say things like, oh, hey, man, or what's up, dude? You know, and then he would know it was CIA Chris. Yeah. CIA guys probably really... Use a lot of bro and dude in their conversation through other people's email addresses. Right. And so, you know, Jamie never actually spoke to him on the phone um, because, you know, CIA Chris did let Jamie know that he actually had a phobia of phones. Right. So CIA Chris is afraid of phones, uh, uses very, (laughs) very loose slang terms in greeting people and doesn't have his own email address. Correct. Yeah, he sounds totally legit to me. Right. And he also, in, you know, all of his CIA work, I'm sure he's very busy, has found time to stake out all of these people surrounding Janelle. I mean, he's got them under 24-hour surveillance. He's totally watching them all. Yeah, I wonder if maybe he could have sent a picture of his plastic badge. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That he got from the, like, five below. Right. (laughs) So clearly here, Janelle had been playing the role of victim the entire time, and she had tricked her own parents into committing murder on her behalf. So the part about that that really gets me is like the dad, or at least the mom, claims that the dad was once a CIA, once worked for the CIA. Right. And so the sister later testified, and she did state that they were told that the dad at one time was involved in the CIA and that it even was like noted in his discharge papers from the military. But she said she has never seen these papers and she does not know how true it is. Yeah, well, because you would think the first thing he would do is he would still have at least one or two contacts. They'd be like, hey. Is this Chris guy <laughs> legit? Right. 
You, 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 you know who I'm talking about. The one that's afraid of phones and doesn't right. have his own email address yet. I think maybe he's new. Right. So the CIA <laughs> must only contact him through email. And, it you know, he doesn't really have one. So he must be. they must be contacting him through my daughter's email. So it's bull to dog. <laughs> right. Yeah, at, yep, at that's AOL. it. <laughs> so, like I said, Janelle's sister, Christy, um, would later take the stand and say that she thought her sister's disabilities were really blown out of proportion. Christy had personally witnessed Janelle claim to her parents that she was unable to do like basic adult tasks and then turn around and just like laugh when they weren't looking. Like, huh, I got them. They're uh-huh. doing everything for me. Fold like, I'm my an towels, bitch. <laughs> like, what the hell? Experts analyze the emails between supposed CIA agent Chris and Janelle Potter's family. And experts felt that the writing styles and grammar matched that of Janelle's. You know, because she had the learning disability, I assume that there was like a lot of like repeated grammatical errors. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, police also found pictures of the victims in the Potter's home. Actually, you know what? I thought at first it was in the Potter's home um, when I had r- originally wrote this, but I think that they might have actually been in the back of the dad's truck. It seemed like. He had taken, like, a lot of the emails, like, maybe they were printed and, like, pictures and things and kind of, like, shredded them and thrown them in the back of his truck. And they found, like, a bag of that. So he partially got rid of the evidence. Right. right. He was he was in process of that. And probably didn't realize that this stuff was on the internet forever. <laughs> like, I'll, if I print out the messages and shred them, no one will know. <laughs> right. And Barbara had ripped the pictures, and it was just a really bad attempt to hide them from the officers. They also found, like, an arsenal of weapons, but not the actual murder weapon. I mean, these seem like people that should definitely have an arsenal of weapons. I mean... And there's probably, like, a spot in the gun safe where there's clearly a gun that's missing. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> Janelle's sister, Christy, would state at trial that she had witnessed Janelle manipulate people in the past. She knew what Janelle was capable of. Christy lived with her grandmother for some time after their initial falling out. Um, She was helping take care of her grandmother. And at this time, felt it was necessary to get a PPO against her family. So apparently, and this kind of goes back to like your question earlier, there's also like a message board called Topics. Have you heard of that? No. I have not heard of that. I don't know what it is, but it's some sort of website. And you can write things like anonymously, as in like you can choose like a screen name to write them under and nobody knows who's writing them. It could be anyone. It could be your real name or it could be a totally fake name. And it seems like this like area in Tennessee had like their own like sort of page on topics. Oh, like a local topic. Yeah. And um this page was just used for basically gossip and just negativity. Just tons of mean messages and no one knew who was posting them. I mean, you know, if they chose a different name. So I feel like Janelle had like seventy three accounts. Right. <laughs> like all with like different names. Right. Just promoting negativity she's arguing with herself (laughs) right so janelle would also at least it seemed to me kind of seek out the friends of billy jean and bill and then facebook friend them i don't know if she actually had like met them all before she facebook friend them i do know that there was one incidence where she met a woman at the local grocery store um i think like she worked there and her name was tara 
And then she Facebook friended her. Now, I get the impression this is just like a really small town and community of people. And so Tara would have been familiar with Tracy since she worked at the grocery store pharmacy. So I think that they just kind of knew like their families and their friends. So Tara knew both Bill and Billy. Janelle would basically send these friends of Bill and Billy that she had friended on Facebook messages complaining about Billie Jean and Bill, saying things like, your friends better stop messaging me and talking crap about me. And people's responses seem to be pretty consistent with, are you sure that they're doing this to you? <laughs> what the hell are you talking they about, lady? They just had a baby. It seems like they have more to worry about than like harassing you for no reason. I mean, they were busy starting a life together. And then Janelle didn't seem to understand why these friends of Tracy, Billy, and Billie Jean would unfriend her on Facebook. And it would bother her. She would be angry about it. They didn't seem to enjoy Janelle's drama at all. <laughs> I can't imagine why they wouldn't want to stay friends and, you know, just go get some coffee and gossip about everybody. <laughs> like, right. what the hell? Talk crap about their own friends. Yeah. I just met you, but let's go talk about my other friends, and I, I know much better. Two of the women had grown so frustrated at the messages and the negativity that they were in the process of getting PPOs against Janelle. So I have here an example of a message from Janelle to one of to one of Billie Jean's friends, and it came from tncourts.gov. Quote, I'm not trying to be mean, but your so-called friends are still coming after me, and I'm never alone. They have done a lot to my house and to my family, and I'm not mean, but I'm getting there. I put that pic of them on once for a few friends to see and who they were, and I took it down. Do I think they are mean? Yes. Do I think you are fooled? Yes. You need to be careful who you're friends with. Maybe it's not because I'm from here, but I'm sick of this crap and it needs to stop. They need to grow up and live their life like I'm living mine. I'm sick and in the hospital more than I'm at home and they need to stop. I hope you don't think I'm being mean, but it's about time I take up for myself and say what I think for once. I've never done that. Wow. I'm 30 and I act more grown up than most people. I've never been through too much to let them get to me. And the person's response read like this, quote, sorry that you're sick, but have you actually seen them doing this or are you just assuming because you want it to be them? I honestly don't believe that they're bothering you. They have much better things to do than to worry about you. They just had a baby. So why in the hell would she be so out to get you? I think the best thing for you to do is to drop it. Keep your mouth shut and move on. If they're bothering you, then they'll see it isn't working and they'll quit. Great advice. In August of 2013, authorities arrested Janelle and Barbara. A few months later, Marvin was found guilty for the murders. He is currently serving two life sentences. Jamie agreed to a plea deal and got 25 years in prison. Holy cow. Wow. For what? Well, I think that he was just an accomplice. Like... There were text messages that morning between Janelle and Jamie insinuating they knew exactly what was happening. So he so he failed to prevent or failed to try to prevent anything from happening. Yeah. I and mean, that he knew it was coming. I didn't specifically see like what he was charged with. It does seem really extreme for just being kind of... <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. In May of 2015, three and a half years later... Janelle and Barbara finally went on trial. The jury found both Janelle and Barbara guilty of first-degree murder 
and they were both sentenced to life in prison. Janelle and Barbara still maintain their innocence. Janelle says she didn't kill anybody. Her lawyer says she couldn't direct people to kill anybody. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, good luck with that. That's crazy. Four people all convicted, even though only one person actually did the killing. That's that's nuts. Right. And so, I, I mean, I do see that they were calling them criminal masterminds. This girl who, you know, tried to fool everybody saying she was incapable of even leading an adult life. A criminal mastermind. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure I'd use that term. I mean, I feel like the people with the real learning disabilities is everybody. Yeah, I'm. I'm, It's amazing. Like, Like, I would never just believe. It's like, did they believe it when like this? They get like a call from the Social Security Administration, or like when they get like a call, like your computer has a virus. You know, the Prince of Nigeria has 176 million dollars he wants to send to you if you send him. Five thousand first, you know, for lawyer fees and all that. Like, I would probably like have gone to the police. Like, listen, this person says they're from the CIA, and they keep emailing me, and I am creeped the hell out. Oh, by the way, it's coming from my own daughter's email address. In case you need to know that, right? Or my girlfriend's. (laughs) That's so crazy. She's claimed to be friends with him forever. I mean, so she did go through some some pretty great lengths to dupe everybody. But I don't feel like she did an exceptional job at it. Right. They were just like extra gullible. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Ugh. It's like, this reminds me of that time that like, I mean, I feel like kids tell you crazy stuff sometimes and it's just not true. Like that one time that, you know, my oldest son, you were here and he came downstairs and he was like, somebody's stealing our internet. And I was <laughs> yes. like, oh my God, no, they're not. <laughs> He actually, I mean, he was like older at this time, like he was an older teenager. He went back upstairs and he called the police. He called the police. He wanted them to send someone out because our internet was being burglarized. How (laughs) embarrassing. (laughs) I was like, that is not happening. Nobody is stealing our internet. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean... (laughs) I just feel like these people are like living in their own gullible bubble, thinking they were so important that the CIA, all these CIA people. I mean, if if that would have happened in their household, a a claim that someone was stealing the internet, he might have ran right to the gun safe and just started popping off rounds somewhere. I mean, who knows? Right. What? They're stealing the interwebs. The interwebs are going. (laughs) Get them. Get them. And, and it's like, was this guy really in the CIA? If he was in the CIA, you think he would have known better. Maybe he was a janitor for the CIA. Maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe he drove by a CIA building on his way to work, digging ditches somewhere. Maybe that's what he did. Right. So that's all we have for you today. Melissa and Jeff's version of the Janelle Potter story. Yikes. Crazy one. If you liked our podcast, thanks for listening and please hit subscribe. You can find us on Facebook at Coffee Murder and Mystery. You can find us on Twitter at Coffee Murder underscore. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or contributions, you can email us at coffeemurdermystery at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Evil people are everywhere. Tell somebody you love them. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.